What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the State of the Nova Nation podcast. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, oh my gosh, it is good to be back. Season three of you and I behind the wheel here at State of the Notion, State of the Nova Nation season nine overall. It just feels good. We're we're getting into the fall season. We're getting into college basketball season. Everybody's switching their brains back to this mode. How was your off season, dude? See, you know, we're getting into basketball season. I'm at Villanova homecoming. It's 82 degrees uh, oh, yeah. over this. Well, weekend. that makes so it hard too. felt like the middle of summer, but no off season was great. It was good to recharge after I think what was a draining season for everyone involved with Villanova basketball last year. Uh, you know, love my summer concerts, soccer, a little international vacation on there. Um, it was, it was all good stuff. How was yours? It was good. It's weird. Pat and I obviously spent a few minutes catching up before we hit record Thinking back over last year, too, I think it's almost worth spending a little bit time reflecting on how weird it was and like how quickly we just turned off that season because it was one to forget. And now getting back into it, it simultaneously feels like it's been five years. Hmm. And it also feels like we're getting right back into it. And we didn't even take a break at all. But my, my summer was good. I work in baseball. So I, I go from one sport to the next. <laughs> Exactly. World Series and then right into college basketball season. But I love it. I'm really excited to get back into this. Thank you for all of the new listeners who are tuning in. Thank you to all of our old listeners who are tuning back in. We're really excited to get going and we're going to follow a similar structure that we've done the past two seasons, which is by uh, two, two episodes a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, they'll drop. We'll be doing a lot of game recaps. We'll be doing a lot of preview episodes. We're hoping to have a lot of great guests on these this season and, again, hoping for a little bit more success in terms of record, at least, from last season. And there's a lot to look forward to, for sure. Uh, two ends of the spectrum for the two seasons you guys have gotten to hear us so far. We right? had a Final Four in, in year one of us, at least, doing State of the Nova Nation and then a, a missed NCAA tournament appearance from last year. How will things balance out in year three? Stay tuned. We'll all find out together. Yeah, I feel like something in the middle might be a realistic expectation, or at least a hope. I think that's fair. Yeah, we'll get into that. So what we're going to do on this episode is a team preview. On Thursday, like we mentioned, for all of the returning listeners, we are going to bring back the mailbag, which is something Pat and I love doing. If you're listening right now, go follow us on Twitter at S-O-N-N-Pod. Pat and I will tweet out uh, opportunities to ask us questions for the mailbag. You can always tweet at us before games, game reactions, all of that good stuff. So that will be a returning segment on Thursday's episode. That is also when we're going to be doing our non-conference schedule preview. So these two episodes will be preview of the season, of course, before Nova's opening game against American next Monday night, less than a week from when you're listening to this episode right now. But this is one... Pat, you and I get up for this one all three years that we've been doing it. We're going to go through each guy, talk a little bit about expectations, team chemistry. There's obviously a lot of new faces, which is the first time that anybody in the Villanova mm-hmm. basketball circle will be talking about multiple new faces. I think that's Impact fair new faces to say too. that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we're we're going to start from the young guys and work our way up. How does that sound? I, let's do it. I think before we we even go in with the new, important to highlight who's moved on um, mm. from from last season. So of course, with last year, you know, seventeen and seventeen record, as we did mention, missed the NCAA tournament for the first time since twenty twelve in year one under Kyle Neptune. Uh, those familiar faces and some two very familiar faces for the program uh, no longer with them for the twenty three twenty four season. Brandon Slater who is currently of the main Celtics in the G League, which is awesome that Slate's getting an opportunity to try and stick on there. Uh, Caleb Daniels, of course, out as well. He was on with the Miami Heat during training camp uh, for them earlier uh, this year. And then Cam Whitmore, much discussed, especially on our show last year, and I feel like everywhere, Rockets first round pick as well as your three outgoings. A lot of familiar faces back, but... There's a bunch of new bodies on this team, as we're going to discuss. And as you said, we we have one new freshman coming in as well with that recruiting class, and we can kick it off with Jordan Dumont. Yeah, I also think before we even talk about Dumont specifically, it's so funny that despite 
Villanova season last year, despite all the talk about Kyle Neptune. And we're obviously going to be spending a lot of time talking about him all season long as this is his first prove it year, I guess, mm-hmm. even though it's it's early to say that. But last year, I think it's important to remember that he was dealing with a lot of injuries. Who knows how Jay Wright could have even dealt with with that type of team with just the the turbulence that it experienced. But Villanova was ranked 22 in the AP preseason poll. In the Big East preseason poll, it was ranked fourth. This team already has high expectations, and I think it's going to be evident early on how well this team clicks. But let's get into Dumont. He is the only freshman in the class. He committed just around this time last year, November 22. Everybody around this time was worried about Kyle Neptune. I think we have maybe greatly undervalued is is too harsh, but have forgotten that he was one of the keys in recruiting and building the championship teams that came through Villanova. I think we need to give Neptune a lot of credit for how good of a recruiter he was. And if this team does have a lot of success this year, how much that's attributed to him. But Dumont, he moved from Canada to play in Tennessee for his last two years of high school, didn't get a lot of buzz. But one of my favorite things about him so far, and what I'm most excited to see is that Eugene Repay, who, uh, again, we took this podcast over from, he is the the uh, legend, the big man in the chair for VU Hoops. Exactly, the legend. He was doing a ton of interviews with recruits and some of the new faces that Villanova has this year. Dumont was talking a lot about versatility and how that's his greatest asset. And I just love that. And I think that's going to be a theme we talk about with a lot of the transfers as well. That's why Villanova's scheme is going to work so well for so many of these players. They seem to have a lot of that Nova attitude, willing to put themselves second as long as the team come first. And even though we might not see Dumont on the court a lot this year, I think a lot of this older experience around him is going to be really important for him. I do too. I think you hit on an important part about not seeing him too much, but, but starting with, you know, Hamilton Heights Christian Academy product, which interestingly enough is the same high school as Shai Gilders Alexander of the Oklahoma city thunder Um, for Dumont. He will be wearing the number 10 Jersey this year, which I was racking my brain of the last Wildcats to wear. Cole Swider is the first one that comes to mind now of the Miami Heat. It's amazing how the mind works because I had completely thrown out that Angelo Brizzy actually wore it. Uh, Of course, now Davidson uh, player under the legendary coach McKill up there. So that'll be interesting to see. I think for Dumont, he certainly is one for the future is how I view him just with the guys that we are going to go through on this show and going through this roster. There is a lot of talent and a lot of wing talent now and depth on this team. I think it's going to be pretty difficult for him to be able to make an impact here in year one. Uh, He does fit a theme for a lot of the players that Villanova has added of late, where he is very long and athletic, which only uh, should give them some some solid athleticism, especially in the future. What's really interesting from him is that uh, he shot a consistent 40% from three his junior and senior year uh, in high school, though his senior year, he uh, almost doubled his three-point attempts, and that yet that uh, percentage stayed the same there. So pretty consistent and a really solid scorer from there. Uh, I have a feeling this is a redshirt year for Jordan Dumont, though we'll see if he's been able to work his way out of that through what the coaching staff has seen this summer and, and moving into the fall. Yeah, all of that is so interesting. I want to hit on the themes first because I hope all other Villanova fans got as excited as I did when you hear the words size and length and can shoot a little point bit. shooters <laughs> and scores all things that Villanova desperately needs after last season. Um, the retro is going to be interesting because obviously Kyle Neptune showed last year that he does a lot of things similar to the way that Jay Wright did it. And a lot of those things include not relying on freshmen heavily. And I think just in the way of how Dumont's recruitment process was and how little emphasis there was, was put on this year's class I think it's going to be a building year for him and we've seen how successful red shirts can be for Villanova players so I don't think that is something to look down upon at all in terms of development for Dumont this year if that happens no it's not a knock at all it's it's just about physically developing learning the schemes and finding a time not burning a year of eligibility for a player that you think will be able to help them down the down the line 
that it's going to be harder for him to carve out a role just with the guys in front of him right now. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, just think the, of some wings in the past, Mikael Bridges uh, mm-hmm. and such that that took that route. So it's uh, it's totally cool to to take some time here and develop. And I think that's what you're going to see from Dumont. I still just can't believe we're talking about depth in this way. Yeah, compared to the last, than last seasons, year, just right? a bit different than last year. It's insane. So we mentioned that he's the only freshman. I believe the move, I don't know if anybody else was as confused as I am. And you're literally going to have to help me throughout Pat, because I just can't keep it straight in my brain. I think it's the COVID year that did it. Eligibility is so skewed now. Add that into the, I think there were over 2000 transfers this year in college basketball or this off season, I should say. So I can't get anybody's year straight, but I know for sure that he is the only freshman. This team is also experience heavy, which is always a good thing in college basketball, which has always been Villanova's strength. All that to say, I think Brandon Hausen is next. Is that right? You are correct. Yes, okay. is, he is the one. Dumont is the one freshman. And then you get into two sophomores uh, before things start getting real crazy as we go in. But yes, Brandon Hausen, a true sophomore. Yeah, I think Eugene wrote about this on viewhoops.com, which we'll talk about later, but definitely make sure to check out their uh, preview content as we get closer and closer to the season. Hawson's shot went a little viral this summer. Mm-hmm. It went a little viral. And I think we talk a lot about sophomore jumps. I can legitimately see Hawson carving out a role for himself. You expect the improvement on the defensive end, which I think is the big thing that was holding him back last year on a team that needed scoring anyway. I think you can see the confidence building this year, and that leads to some serious minutes for him. That's what I'm hopeful for, at least. That That's definitely what you're hoping for from him. It was a bit of a weird year for, for Hawson. Uh, he was a breath of fresh air. For the team, because as we doc well documented last year, how poor the three point shooting was from the team. And of course, Hawson was an elite three point shooter from the second he walked onto the floor, shot 43% as a freshman. Unbelievably impressive. Uh, you know, Hawson had 45 points in his first 10 games. He had 38 points total over his next 19. And from February 11 to the end of the regular season, he only played five minutes a game. It, it was a part of that was a tightening of the rotation with Justin Moore coming back and really trying to get into a groove and trusting the veterans there. But part of it was that defensively, they didn't feel like they could totally trust him. Uh, and it's also, it's going to be a question of, can he add anything else to his game other than that three point shot where I believe 63 out of his 70 field goal attempts came from a year ago. Now, is it a bad thing for someone to shoot that many threes when you make it at 43% clip? Absolutely not. And I hope we see a ton of that from Hawson. But it's the little things in his game. It's how he runs in transition. It's how he fills space. It's how he moves the ball around to try and find open guys. Can you see some incremental gains there that will help him increase his minutes uh, and and him be able to really carve out more of a role so we can see that three-point shot uh, out there a little more often? Yeah, I think it's hard to go through each guy and not talk about general themes from the team last year. And one of them that I thought was so apparent is that it felt like every starter and even some of the bench guys had to take on so many different roles Mm -hmm. because this was just a depleted team from the start. And that's why you saw a lot of guys really crater statistically as the season went on. Daniels is obviously one that comes to mind, too. What I really am excited about for this year's team is that there are so many new faces and there are so many more scores that it takes the pressure off somebody like Haas. And yes, of course, we don't want him to be a defensive liability on the court. And I think that's something that he probably emphasized this offseason as he gets stronger and more accustomed to the Villanova system. But he just needs to go in there and hit some threes and play good offense. And And it felt like there was just so much pressure on him and a lot of the other younger guys, too, to do so many different things. I don't think there's that same pressure this year because of pure quantity going in. That's not even talking about how high I think the quality actually is. So, you know, maybe it's not averaging seven more points a game in 15 more minutes, but I do think we see incremental growth from Hausen this year. It's going to be easier to have him out there because the defense, in theory, should be so much better. Now mm-hmm. you can insert a healthy Justin Moore, a healthy Jordan Longino. Hakeem Hart is going to be a very good defender for this team. Tyler Burton brings length. It is going to be easier to have Hawson out there 
because they should have more structure in that defensive format where he shouldn't um it, it shouldn't derail things as much as you saw last year when there were a bunch of guys out there that just didn't defend at a very high level yeah and it's so easy to talk about the offense and how little the shots went down for Villanova last year but the crux of that team's issue was the defense Oof, premier defense was so rough. yeah and it's going to get so much better this year for sure okay the next guy as the king of the fan as the king of the fan club i have to let you take this one Uh, i'm so excited for for year two you talk about leaps and well this is a guy that can really leap because we've all seen it a ton in in mark armstrong here going into year two i think armstrong was one of the biggest positives you could take away from last year now he was most certainly learning his way as a lead guard for villanova was put in a tough spot we didn't have Justin Moore to be able to lean on uh, as well. And of course, Cam Whitmore was out those first couple games of the season uh, before coming back against Oklahoma. Armstrong, you saw flashes like that Boston College game uh, in December. You know, there were also times where he certainly went quiet, but everything about him jumps off the page with his athleticism, tenacity on defense and such. The question for him, first off, is he a starter? For this year, I do not believe, at least at the start, you're going to see him as a starter. I think he's going to be used more in that sixth man role. And second, you know, can he become more measured on defense? I think that aggression is fantastic, but it often put him in way in uh, positions where he got beat as he was cheating to try and get that steal and lead into transition. And can he find a more consistent stroke to allow teams to really guard a jump shot rather than really playing off him and, and knowing that he wanted to drive? Yeah, I think consistency was Armstrong's problem last year, too. He was a Georgetown killer. I think he he his stats against Georgetown were like double or triple what they were across the rest of the season. It was insane how he just had that team's number. But you're right, there were a lot of things to improve upon. And when you think about the flashes that we saw, I also agree with you that seeing him, seeing him in that sixth-man role, first guy off the bench, is very enticing to me. My big question about Armstrong and really about this team in general, and I think it makes sense to talk about it here. Does Villanova have a point guard problem? Let me just let me just pose that to you right now. Do you think that A, Villanova has a point guard problem? And B, do you think that Mark Armstrong is viewed as the solution? I do not think they have a problem this year because Justin Moore is going to be able to come in from the beginning and take lead ball minutes immediately. I think TJ Bamba is going to give them another guard that can fill in there, though I do like him more as a two guard. And I think what will be really interesting is the dynamic that Moore and Armstrong are able to play off of for each other. Moore is that cool, smooth player getting to the basket, um, you know, shimmying through contact and finishing. Armstrong is a firecracker. Um, you know, being able to explode off that athleticism and, and get to the rim. They are two very different styles, which I believe is going to make it more difficult to really, um, you know, predict how that Villanova offense is going to run. And I, I'm not sure you're going to see the two of them out there all that often together. Um, but again, that'll really come down to the trust of Kyle for if he feels that Armstrong will have the ability to take the keys to the offense uh, when Justin isn't out there. Yeah, tempo is something I'm really interested in monitoring over the the early stages of the season, non-conference especially. And like, remember, Kyle Neptune made it abundantly clear over the offseason that they were looking at transfers that they thought would mesh with Mark Armstrong. There Mm -hmm. wasn't even really a chance. He didn't even leave it open to possibility that Mark Armstrong would transfer. This was his team with a lot of the leaders leaving, obviously excluding Dixon and, and more because we know how big of staples those guys are. But Mark Armstrong was and now is a huge part of this offense. And I think it's going to be interesting because you mentioned the differences between his style of play versus Moore's throw in Hart, who I think is also a little bit fiery. And then Bamba, who's a little bit more measured and Burton who likes to drive to the basket. There's a lot of conflicting styles of play, but for some reason, I think we viewed that as a negative thing with Whitmore last year because he didn't fit Villanova's style as much as the way I can see these new guys fitting that style. And that's not a knock on Whitmore because we obviously know how talented he was, if not the most talented Villanova player that there was. But I think this year you just see it as more of a cohesive unit. Do you agree with me there? I do. It's going to be all about cohesion. Um, 
I, we don't need to rehash all the Whitmore stuff, but we, we know it just didn't work um, yeah. at times with the erraticness that that could be. This is a very different animal we're talking about this year because of the experience of the players that were brought in to be able to supplement some of those younger players that are also coming up in their development. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Experience wins. We're, gonna, we're, we're really going to test that this year. We're going to talk oh about God. that a ton this year. <laughs> I'm so excited. All right. So again, kind of a, a transition written in the stars there. Trey Patterson, I think you have to consider him an experienced player this year. No, he's now been in the program 3. for 5 years. <laughs> 2.5 or 3.5? believe it's, uh, he's been here a while. Let's go with that. A while. A while. <laughs> so we can talk about the, the the facts, which is that he had his he had surgery to repair a torn labrum in July. So best case scenario and what he seems to be tracking is that his return will be in January. Best case, like I mentioned. But I think it's just worth talking about how funky his season was last year. And he seemed like he finally got a chance and he was hoping to build, but then he kept having hip issues and then he didn't play at all in the NIT game last year against Liberty, which was so odd, which I think kind of was the finality for us to think he was transferring, but then he didn't. So to say the least, it's been a confusing ride for Trey Patterson this year. I think this is obviously going to be marred by injuries as well, but just what an interesting piece. And now hopefully the young guys can learn from him because he is an experienced player who's stuck with the program. I mean, that's the bottom line. He's still here. Yeah, it. I, I feel so bad for the the poor kid that he's going through the injuries again here and isn't going to be able to get settled because going into the season it feels like a now or never thing for him. He just he has never settled into the program. Uh, it's two and a half years to to be totally um, certain on that for for where he's been. I mean, last year he had more fouls than points. Um, he he's never been comfortable on the defensive side of things, which is why he's really failed to carve out a role for him. You know, we know that there are times where he's been able to come in and, and maybe grab a couple of rebounds for him. Um, the question is when he comes back healthy, you know, is there potential for him to add himself to that front court rotation piece to be able to spell some guys? He's yet to prove to me that I can trust him to do that you know that there's got to be some semblance of talent there. And I, I do respect it for that he stuck with them because to your point, when he did not play against Liberty, I thought for sure that's it. He's got to yeah, be transferring. It, it doesn't make any sense for him not to play. And I still stand by it didn't make any sense for him not to play unless there was some sort of injury involved that we just don't know about there. Um, but he's clearly committed to everything that Villanova is trying to do. It's can he put it all together and find a way to make any sort of impact to help out the team. Yeah. And that's my exact point about him now being an asset because he has stuck around. What I think will be interesting to monitor, and I keep saying that because there are so many interesting things to monitor, is whether that role is going to be taken over by Nana and Joker. Ooh, want to move into Nana? I, I think it it's so funny. Tommy Godin and Eugene and Perry Sapinski and so many other people that I can't even think of off the top of my head have done such a good job of writing after the blue and white scrimmage and Hoops Mania and Villanova Media Day and Big East Media Day. And somehow, of all names, Nana and Joku continues to show up. And similarly, what you said about it being now or never, I kind of feel the same way about Njoku this year. Like, is it finally going to show up? We found out that he redshirted last year. He dealt with so many injuries. This year, he slimmed down. Mm -hmm. Dix is, is singing his praises from the highest hill. And it feels like now this is a real chance out in the size of Lance Ware, obviously, who transferred in to be a five. But now there can be some front court depth. And if you think about that pressure being lifted off of Dixon, how much he could thrive because of that. And it's all going to come down to whether Njoku can live up to the expectations that are on him now as being a true front court presence. You've got two of the wild cards in this junior class being Patterson and Njoku. Um, cause we just haven't seen much of them really since they've stepped onto campus here. I mean, for Njoku specifically, he played eight minutes last season, which certainly makes it hard to, to diagnose outlook for it. But to your point, everything has been really positive from what we've heard this year with him being slimmed down. Now, I think it's going to be a little hard for him with where coming in, who is going to get the bulk of the minutes, um, 
when Eric Dixon is not in, depending on the lineups that, that you think Kyle Neptune is going to run. But everything that we've heard sounds like Nana is going to get a chance, especially early in the season, to show that he can be a little bit more of a rim protector and maybe make a bit of an impact on the offensive side of the game too. I'm I'm pretty excited to see what Njoku looks like coming off of what was really a lost year where he just had to focus on practice. It seems like he's healthy where he's never really been healthy over the last two years to be able to have a chance to get some consistent playtime and rhythm in it. And let's go from there and see what we have. Yeah. And again, I feel like I'm still considering these guys young guys, but they're entering their their third year in the program now. Like it's it's time for them to to show up. And I think if Njoku can stay healthy, everything you just said, it makes it really exciting are you of the mindset that you're okay giving them some run early on in the season do you see Kyle Neptune doing that or do you see him taking the non-conference as a time to really lock down what the starting rotation is going to be you've got two games early and I mean (laughs) week one where you should be able to experiment Um, with American and and LeMoyne. You should be able to give these guys some minutes. There shouldn't be a reason Justin Moore has to play 36 minutes um, in those games, just to use an example there. It gets tougher pretty quick after that, Um, but I do expect Kyle to tinker a little bit we saw last year too where he was willing to tinker earlier in the season before he started to really nail down his rotation later in the year when Nova needed to go on a run I expect to see similar things this year yeah yeah he he definitely had a longer leash than Jay Wright had two seasons ago that's that's for sure the standard that we're going with (laughs) uh and then yeah speaking of staying healthy another prove Mm -hmm. it year for Jordan Longino who around this time last year first couple game of the seasons he was averaging double figures we knew how good he was going to be on the defensive end we figured that he would follow in the footsteps of brandon slater and then have that offensive game evolve and that felt like best case scenario and then the knee issues cropped up again and it felt like he played hurt all season long and again you feel so badly for him because you see the flashes and i'm so hopeful that this is the year again coming in off the bench in that more defined role as a wing guard who can play really good defense and chip in 10 points a game. That's my expectation for Longino this year. I I still take my standpoint that I, I think Longino's got star potential for, yeah. for, for how good he can be if he's able to put things together. Uh, it's It's been stop and start for him. It, it really has. He had the knee inflammation basically from the start of the season. He had the hamstring injury that kept him out over a month uh, after he suffered against Georgetown early in 2023. He was never able to get into a groove of it, Uh, and especially offensively, it was straight ugly at times, even though it started off pretty solid for him. The question is going to be, can he find that offensive consistency? Because if he is healthy, he is going to be one of the best defenders on this team, and I feel Mm -hmm. really good about being out there and being able to guard some of the more athletic wings, but... You know, there also needs to be a point where a team has to feel like they can guard you. And there were times last year where they could just completely sag off of him because there was just no threat that Jordan was going to be able to to hurt them from outside. And he he struggled to finish around the the basket, too. I mean, he shot 23 percent from three, which is, of course, very far off uh, where where you would want to be. And then it's it's about him trying to create a shot around the basket. So I'm I have high hopes for Longino. It all comes down to health for him because once those knees start barking up for him, it's uh, it's just tough for him to play to that potential because he's a player that really does rely on that instinct and that athleticism so much. Right. And then the baseball, uh, the baseball, see, my brain hasn't completely switched there. The basketball the IQ there. <laughs> um, it feels like we just spent so many episodes last season saying, oh, if only Longino was in this game or as soon as Longino comes back, then we can see the full image of this team and the true potential of this team. And we've even been saying that as far back as Trey Patterson and Nana Njoku. So it finally feels like coming in besides Trey Patterson, who's dealing with a more serious longer term injury, but for Njoku and Longino, this is finally the year where they're entering healthy and now they can start living up to those expectations. So I hope that they can stay healthy for as long as they can. And we can really see what they can bring because it feels like we've been wishing for this for two, three years now. There is depth. There is depth yeah. on this team, and they are an important part, especially Jordan Longino is an important part of uh, of that depth. Agreed. Last? Last junior? Last junior? 
Yeah, you, you can you can take O'Toole here. Yeah, we can go real quick. But last junior shout out to Colin O'Toole. Shout out to Ryan New York, where he hails from. Um, you know, deserves a ton of credit for his role and practices as a leader. All the players on this team uh, speak very, very highly of his work ethic, uh, ability to organize these guys and stay on them. I think these walk-ons uh, often do not get the credit they deserve for how difficult their job is, especially the beating that they take in practice every single day and they pop right back up and they are one of the main parts of those practices. Uh, and it's year two of O'Toole here on the actual roster. Um, and we'll see if he gets any game time. That's always the question. Um, it's always nice when they get an opportunity to come in and he, he certainly deserves it for all that he goes through. Yeah, it's nice when Villanova's success and O'Toole's playing time can go hand in hand and we can root for both. That's always the hope. <laughs> the more you see him in the game, the better Villanova is doing. That's yes. the way to think about it. So you want to see him in as many games will as be. possible. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, I, no, I think that was perfectly said. Like it, It's so undervalued how much these guys contribute. And it's no joke that it's such a small number of players that get elevated from the practice squad and make it to the team. So mm -hmm. really cool. And it's nice to see longevity with him as well. So if I'm correct, we now have two seniors, a redshirt senior and four grad students. Is that right? Yeah. We've moved into the AARP section of this <laughs> team. And it's why it's why you get so excited though about Villanova is because there is a ridiculous amount of experience on this team this year. And as Emma mentioned earlier in this show, uh, when it comes down to it, experience is often a deciding factor when we get to March and this team very well should be in March this year uh, after what we saw last year. Agreed. So you think we should go in order of when they transferred? Does that make the most sense? Yeah, that works. So start with TJ. Start with TJ. Take it away. Yeah, we'll start with TJ Bamba coming in. Uh, he's a, again, when we think of themes here, first off experience, uh, he's a local product that left the region only to come back, you know, being originally from the Bronx, finished his high school ball uh, in Colorado, and then, of course, went out west to Washington State to start his career. Uh, really, really talented player. Um, over 32 minutes a game, 16 points a game, four rebounds a game. Uh, we'll starting all 31 games for them. Uh, important to note, he can shoot that three ball 37% from beyond the arc, which is really important. And that's despite playing through a hand injury for a lot of uh, the season last year. And then uh, just some a quote that I absolutely love that he gave, uh, I believe it was to VU Hoops, actually, um, which just going into that Villanova mentality. I just described myself as a dog, mentally tough and physically tough. And that is the kind of guy you want playing out there for Villanova. And that is what TJ Bamba from the Bronx is going to give them. Yeah, you love hearing from the Bronx. That makes me so excited. It Villanova made its intentions about the type of players they were going after so clear. And so far, I know that we haven't seen any game action, but it seems like personality-wise, they hit on every single one. And I think it started with Bamba. Like, obviously, it's the, the tangible speed, athleticism, his ability to get to the basket, his ability to shoot from beyond the arc, all holes that Villanova needed plugged. But it just feels like he wants to win and he's bringing that experience. He does have two more years of eligibility. So I think that's a nice future pick as well as, as, as long along with helping the team win this year. So you did a very good job of laying the, the base work. I feel like I'm going to like throw in a question or two about each guy just to get everybody thinking about what they actually bring to the team. So it. per synergy, I guess I found that and I thought this was pretty cool. He made 43% of his catch and shoot threes last season with Washington state. So the first thing that made me think of it's, it's obviously amazing that he can shoot off the pass, shoot off the dribble, whatever it is, but he needs a point guard that can make those opportunities for him. And I think that's when I go back to the roles that Moore and Armstrong will be playing, wondering if this team is going to have any cohesion issues at the beginning, but as long as we're, they're putting the ball in TJ Bamba's hands in the right situations. He can really score. And I'm excited to see how he transitions to Big East style of play as well. Cause I feel like he'll relish that competitiveness. With, with this many transfers that are going to come in and, most likely impact and play a lot of minutes for Villanova. There's always a chance that it's not the cleanest start to the season as these right. guys try and continue to work with each other. It's not the same as playing with the same guys for years on on end, obviously, but there's so much talent and so much experience in it. I still feel pretty good about it. The other part of TJ Bamba that I think is just interesting to look at for Villanova as a whole 
is that he, him coming to Nova is really a product of that Villanova NBA evolution we've seen over the last half decade or so with all these guys going to leave your league, your Bridges, your Brunson, your Hart, uh, your Bay, your Robinson Earl, your Whitmore. Uh, Bamba said specifically, you know, for why he picked Villanova, it's because they get players ready to the NBA. And not only do they get them to the NBA, but they stick in the NBA. That is not something you would have heard a transfer say a decade ago, 15 years ago for it. So I think that's a, that's a product of a lot of work that's gone into this program to be able to bring in guys like a TJ Bamba because they notice what Villanova is doing right now in the league and it's going to benefit them in college right now. Yeah, I can see him very seamlessly fitting into the back down of five Dante Brunson Gillespie mold that we've seen over the past few years. I find that very easy to picture. I'm pumped to see him. Yeah. Yeah. And he seems like a good dude too. I know we mentioned that we would go in order of the transfers, but technically Lance Ware also has two years of eligibility left. So yes. maybe we should start with him. Yeah, we'll go to Ware. I for Bamba, I think you're only gonna get one year out of him. I do think he's gonna You look think to he's go gonna to go league. next year? Yeah, I okay. do. I do think he's gonna be a draft guy. He did enter the draft this year before pulling out and uh, and officially enrolling at Nova. I have a, especially if Villanova has the season that I think a lot of us believe they will. Uh wouldn't be shocked to see that man in an NBA draft uh, yeah. in a, in six months' time or so. But Lance Ware, awesome one to go to. And as you mentioned, two years of eligibility. Another guy, local Camden, New Jersey. I look at him as a really interesting transfer for this team. And, and one that I'm excited they did because they added to that front court depth. Because to the point we we talking about, you know, where we're talking up Nana and Joku and how exciting that is. You don't know with Nana. You haven't seen it happen yet for him. This is an insurance policy behind Eric Dixon that I think is is a very smart move for Nova to go in, bring in a guy that can play the five, um, still run the floor in transition and move things around and not be a fully traditional big, but um, is going to be able to fill that role. He played 77 games for Kentucky over his career. You know, he never played significant minutes, though he featured in a ton of games because he was stuck behind a guy named Oscar Shibway. That wasn't a bad college basketball player uh, for Kentucky. And this was my favorite thing that I think I found on Lance Ware when I was doing some research on him from Calipari. You know, it's always great to hear this exceptional leader, good a teammate as I've ever coached. But this last quote, Lance is Ellen's favorite player. So I'm really not looking forward to telling her the news. Oh Ellen my gosh. Is, Ellen is Ellen Calipari Johnson. Love wife. it. So a really, really high praise from Coach Cal and the character uh, that Lance Ware is and that he'll bring to this Villanova program. Yeah, that was awesome. The The three things I wanted to talk about is him being that athletic big, that non-traditional big, I think fits perfectly in Villanova's system because like I said, I think the tempo is going to be a little bit faster. I'm not saying, you know, a Cam Whitmore led offense where we're like top 50th. That's not going to happen because more still exists. Hmm. <laughs> Who likes to slow it down? But I like the fact that the five can be athletic and keep up with the pace. I wonder, and I, th- I think this is just a fact that Lance Ware comes from one of the more prolific colleges that Villanova transfers have ever come from. Do you think that's loosely true kentucky versus you know eric pascal from fordham caleb daniels from tulane it, it's it's listen coming under cal is always going to be a big yeah uh, a big gain for someone so that'll be huge just the experience that that's bringing he is adjusting from the sec to the big east which shouldn't be too hard of a transition for him the big question here my x factor about where and while we can't talk for 25 minutes about his statistics because he frankly just didn't play that much at Kentucky. Does his presence as the five, can he play enough to allow Dixon to move back to his more traditional four role that his size allows him to play? That's what I'm wondering because we've seen Dixon handle the five. We've seen Dixon go against every big man in the big east and beat them over and over and over again dixon doesn't need to prove himself anymore but can he take his game to the next level if where is under center i'm really curious to see if there's going to be any back and forth if they're going to be on the floor at the same time if dixon's going to transition to that four there's so many variations of what that tandem can be neptune loved to play small 
last year, mm. but it was mostly a product of what he had. So yeah, to, he had to, to your right. point, it'll be very interesting to see as he has a couple more options now, like think of a Burton, a Hart that can play the four if they want to, where obviously can play the five. Um, does that impact how the, the lineups that he throws out there? We just don't know because we haven't had a sample size to show us yet. And that's going to be one of the big developments this year to see how Neptune's strategy also develops. Yeah. And it's just so insane that Dixon has gotten so good that even if he doesn't go to the four, he's still going to be just as good, if not better than he was last year. And he was awesome in the big East. So that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. You want to talk about some Eric Dixon then? Because he would Let's be do it. chronologically <laughs> in terms of year, our redshirt senior would be the next one to talk about. So Eric Dixon Ford, you just mentioned everything about him. I don't think we have to spend much time on Eric Dixon because we all know Eric Dixon at this point. Uh, second team, all big Easter uh, from a year ago, you know, on a team of Cam Whitmore and Caleb Daniels, Justin Moore, obviously for the back end of the year, Eric Dixon was your leading scorer for last year's Villanova Wildcats. Uh, he catapulted himself to one of the best players in the Big East. But the real question for him, because there aren't many questions for him to address anymore, can he take the leap to be an all-Big East first-teamer here? I think it's possible, knowing the talent that he oozes, but you also understand how great this conference is and some of the best big men in the country. It's a question worth asking. And you know what? I don't think it's out of the question to say there is a chance Eric Dixon can try and establish himself in that upper echelon and find a way to get on that team coming into the year. Oh, I, I definitely think it's a possibility. And we've seen him take such tangible leaps every single year. Like he had a great season his sophomore year, and then he got even better. And I think he was chronically underrated last year just because there were other crazy, amazing performances from the Hopkins and the Kalkbrenners and you know you can go down the list of all the great players in the Big East but this year if it's in Dixon's DNA which it seems like he is and which his dad definitely seems like it is he's going to take another leap and whether that's on the defensive end or the offensive end we see him get more fluid with his left hand and his right hand I think that's a place he can still grow upon we saw him shoot well from behind the three-point line we saw him keep up defensively it just feels like he's always growing his game. And now he's also taking on more of a leadership role, which I love when you could see the younger players that were growing from older guys now blossom into that role. I think he is the heart and soul of this film of a team just like Justin Moore. He's going to be such a key. Uh, defensively is where I would look at for potential improvements from him, but you know he's going to be one of the linchpins of this team. And uh, if, if he's not the leading scorer this year, which is going to be a tough ask with all the talented guys that they've added uh, or are healthy now, uh, you know he's going to get his uh, and as well and give them another really good option. Yeah, I was just going to say, if he's not the leading scorer, I feel like that's actually a good thing for Villanova. I don't think he's going to be the leading <laughs> scorer this year, but uh, I think that just shows you some of the other options that they do have in comparison to last year. Exactly, exactly. So Dixon is also a redshirt senior, correct? Yes. Yeah. Again, he's going to have seven years of college ability. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we going to Hart next, you think? Yeah, we, we're into the grad students now. Um, so we'll go with Keem Hart. Uh, again, local product, keep saying it, a Roman Catholic, which is actually like a couple blocks from where I work in Philly. Uh, high school, Philly PA product for him. Poor guy had the misfortune of being coached by Kevin Willard at Maryland before transferring over here to Villanova. Uh, just a year ago, we started all 35 games for them, played over 32 minutes uh, a night, was second on the team with assists and steals. What I really look at for Hart, we've been referencing it with experience. He's got 116 games played in his career and 85 starts in the Big Ten. I mean, that bringing in that type of player that's been there and done that at a Power 5 program, he he there's going to be a ton of hype around TJ Bamba and Tyler Burton, who we haven't even touched on. I feel like Hart can be the most impactful of all of them because of his Swiss Army Knife approach, how he can fulfill fill a bunch of different positions. He is such a high IQ player. He rarely turns the ball over. He's, in my mind, going to fit the most seamlessly into this Villanova lineup, and I cannot wait to see what he does on the floor for them. He feels like such a typical gritty Villanova player. Perfect. He just eats, sleeps, and breathes basketball. I, I know a few people from Maryland that had mixed feelings about Hakeem Hart. And I'm really—he's not going to blow you away. Exactly. I'm—I'm I'm really curious to see how he starts. If he is going to come in really hot, or if it's going to be more of that, like wears you down just because of how he shows up every day. And 
he brings so much defensive intensity. And I think he's going to be the mold of the Jermaine Samuels and the Brandon Slaters, the guys that didn't light up the box boards, but were the anchors of this team uh, on the offensive and defensive end. And I think he can do a lot of things well offensively. A lot of those Maryland fans that I was just talking about, I think got frustrated by his inconsistency and his ability to score 20 points in one game and then lay a goose egg in another one was, mm-hmm. was very frustrating, but I think he's confident around the rim. I think he's a good catch and shoot shooter. He can shoot well from behind the arc. He's a three-year starter. You can just go down. He has so many things and you check things off the list. And I think the other thing is that he just makes whatever team he's on better because of those things that I mentioned, the intangibles and, Again, that's such a typical Villanova player. I, I also think he is the perfect fit, and I feel like him and Neptune have very similar vibes and the more the quieter guys that are just coming in to get work done every single day. He Just the versatility that he's going to bring is going to be so important for this yep. team to give them a, a couple different levels of a score, really solid defense around it. Uh, he's going to make an impact. I will yep. not reiterate those points. <laughs> so you mentioned that you were most excited about Hart or you had the highest expectations for his cohesion? Is that right? I think he's going to be the most impactful player because of all the things he's going to do. No, the hype, hype transfer is the next one that you want to talk about right now. Yeah, I was hoping you would (laughs) say it so that I could say I was most excited. Please, take it away. (laughs) I am most excited about Tyler Bergen because he reminds me of a lot of the long wings that Villanova has had in the past I I literally have one weakness for Burton and that it's his off dribble shooting everything else is so perfect like his build reminds me of Bridges he can drive to the basket like Josh Hart he shoots really well he was awesome at Richmond I I worry a little bit about his transition to the Big East as well but that's something down the road he needs a good point guard same way that a couple of these other guys do too but he is so exciting. Do yourself a favor and watch some Tyler Burton highlights. Yes. Watch the way he gets to the rim. He is so much fun to watch. And it feels like from the little snippets we've gotten from scrimmages, the secret scrimmages, Kyle Neptune keeping his his cards close, but it seems like people are starting to catch on about Tyler Burton. And I'm going to put a bet down right now, Pat, that John Rothstein very typical november buy stock in blank i think that villanova tweet is going to be tyler burton i, like I think it. he's going to be the guy that burst onto the scene and is just driving this team home and, and it's not fully fair for him to be burst onto the scene because he's been so good it just yeah, he's already bursted. <laughs> yeah he's, he like he led richmond last year with 19 points a game uh he was third in the conference with those 19 points a game scored over 1600 points in his career um, at Richmond, uh, he's on the Julius Irving Award watch list, um, which Villanova certainly has a history of winning. Sadiq Bay, Mikhail Bridges, and Josh Hart have all taken home that award over the last 10 years or so. Uh, for Burton, if you really loved watching the explosiveness and athleticism of Cam Whitmore and are bummed that you're not going to see that this year, the closest guy to that is going to be Burton. And I say that not in play style for the erraticness that you can sometimes see because Burton grad student been there, done that type thing, but more of just the explosive plays and, and uh, dynamism that he brings around the basket. The thing, the one thing with Burton is that he's a little, I shouldn't say a little, he is reliant on going right um, Mm -hmm. to the basket. You are not going to see too many lefty layups or lefty dunks out of this man, but he has able to use his frame in a way that overpowers so many players that he can still get to the rim. Now, will he be able to do that in the low post against some of the big East guys that remains to be seen? Yeah. But the talent is certainly there. And this is a guy, like, if you're looking at potential leading scorers for Villanova, there's a world where Tyler Burton is the leading scorer at the end of this year. Now, I think it's still going to be Justin Moore. But if you told me Tyler Burton was it, I I wouldn't argue with you. Yeah. These are the type of offenses that must make opposing coaches go crazy. Because how do you throw the type of defenders out there to defend a guy like Burton plus more plus Dixon plus where plus TJ Bamba plus Hakeem Hart plus the athleticism of Mark Armstrong it's impossible that's why the ceiling and the floor for this team are so high and that's why we are so excited I think body control is what Mm -hmm. reminded me most of Cam Whitmore watching Tyler Burton like he's just the way he moves his body and 
recklessness isn't the right word because he's not reckless, obviously, but just like he's so confident that he's going to drive to the hoop and he can take two steps from the foul line and dunk it. It's insane. It's insane. And that's the type of freak athleticism that Whitmore showed last year. I think Burton is going to bring a more measured style of play because of the age, the experience, the basketball IQ that Whitmore lacked in his freshman season, obviously, because he was a kid, 18, 19 year old. Exactly. But this guy gets me so excited. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to watch him play. It was a massive get for the program. Yeah. Um, This uh, we haven't touched on like big picture things for Villanova in this too much. It's been more specific on these guys, but this off season, you know, bringing in Baker Dunleavy, um, bringing in the level of recruit that Villanova did was program stabilizing because we talked about it towards the end of last year. We didn't know where, where this was really going after a rough year and not a big recruiting class coming in. We knew they had to hit the portal. We just didn't know how effective they'd be. From the projections, at least, and and taking these guys from where they were and trying to figure out how they're going to slot in, you feel really good about what Villanova was able to accomplish in the spring and summer. Yeah, this is exactly what you and I were talking about, how we, before we hit record, like, it's okay to admit that last year was kind of a drag. Yeah. It kind of stunk to watch Villanova lose a bunch of games. (laughs) And now you remember what it used to feel like. And again, we are uber spoiled because Villanova was literally 500 last year but we have now returned yeah we have now (laughs) returned and I I do want to just say one big picture thing we'll have so much time to talk about themes of the team and expectations and more nitty-gritty as we get closer to the the games and the schedule and all that I just feel like last year a lot of players struggled to make their own opportunities because there was so much pressure on each guy in Moore's absence and then Whitmore's absence and Longino's absence you know Whitmore was spotty at times Daniel's got really cold down the stretch of the season but the transfers brought in this year not only are they a quote-unquote typical Villanova player because of their heart and desire and grit but they have good size they're athletic they were also big scores at their old schools but they're all improved when they don't have to facilitate on their own they're not coming to Villanova to be the guy And every single one of them knows that and is almost more excited because of it, because they're so excited about what the cohesion of this team could look like at its best. And I feel like that's why this team is going to be so much better. We talked so much about last year, how Whitmore was obviously the star, but he had to be a key in the cog. And frankly, the talent just wasn't as good. It just wasn't good enough to make it to the NCAA tournament and win this team does have that perimeter talent to make it far into the postseason. It was a flawed team last year for the roster yeah. construction. Um, and this year they they really tried to smooth over those cracks and then it remains to be seen if they actually were filled, but you feel a lot better about it. That's true. That's true. I'm getting ahead of myself. They obviously, we don't know yet, but there's a lot more to be excited. There are reasons about, for optimism. Yes. We'll, we'll put yes. it that way. All right, <laughs> we've got two more guys as, as we finish this thing out here. We can start with Chris Archidiakono. Also grad student here, final year for Chris, uh, appeared in every game for Villanova, including 20 starts. Uh, One of my favorite trivia facts from the season for the 22-23 season is that he was second on the team in three-point percentage at 38% from a year ago. It all comes down to, or the question for him is, what does his role look like this year? Last year, he was just forced to cover more ground than he really designed to, to cover with having to fill in. For injuries like Justin Moore going down, like Mark Armstrong trying to learn what it is to be a Big East point guard, he played 22 minutes a game. In that, I do believe that this year you are going to see him take a step back uh, in terms of playing time. I mean, just think about all the different guys we just went through here. Chris has a very different skill set of those, and because of that, uh, I think they'll still at times lean on experience, knowing that he can handle the ball but there's so much talent it would be really difficult for me to look down the bench and say that a mark armstrong doesn't get into a game here uh or jordan longino's not getting used up as much because archidiacono is taking up significant minutes yeah i feel the same way i i think we're going to look back on arch's time at villanova of as oh wow we used so much more of him than we ever thought we were going to he already far exceeded what his role 
could have and maybe should have been on this team. And I mean, over his entire college career, mm-hmm. I think he, again, like he exceeded expectations last year. He shot 38% from three. That is good. We just continue to kind of throw him in the mud and, and Pat and I try very hard not to do that. Obviously he has his flaws, but I think like you said, it's going to be a very diminished role for him just because the talent around him got much better. And I think it, that's, it I think should that's be pretty much it this yeah. year. I, I will have a much harder time this year taking him playing 22 minutes per game than I did last year. Cause last year you had, there had to be a piece of understanding the situation that was present and that they needed someone to go out there and really be a steady hand uh, that that shouldn't be the case this no. year. So um, I, I'd like to see things more formatted in a way that makes sense for the level of play that he can bring. Yeah, honestly, I, I haven't even really concerned myself with that because I just don't see it happening. I really don't think it's a possibility. Yeah, just wait until he starts against America and we get to see Twitter burn down. <laughs> don't even put that into the, the ether. <laughs> All right. And then we can move on to the final one. The last guy we've been holding out here. Uh, we've talked about a lot of additions for Villanova through this podcast the most significant of all of our offseason decisions and incomings and outcomings is that and outgoings is that justin moore on march 31st announced that not only was he coming back for one more year of college basketball but that he would not be entering the transfer portal something that was very heavily rumored around that time and return to play for the villanova wildcats um he played the final 13 games for Villanova, or not the final 13 games, I should say, because he did set out uh, against Liberty, which made a ton of sense at the time there, too. Uh, he helped Villanova win eight of his last 10 games that he did feature in, uh, and Jerry West watch list uh, recipient as well, where uh, we know that he'll be up for, or at least being watched as potentially one of the nation's best shooting guards in the country. I think what you said at the end, he has the chance to be one of the best guards scorers players in the nation yeah i mean it was months ago that kyle neptune was saying that what we saw from justin moore last year was 70 percent. yep that is insane insane because think about where that villanova team was at before what'd you say i still can't believe he came back when he did at the end of january i can't believe that was 70 percent. yeah i mean you said this i don't want to take credit away from you but like the floor of this team is so much higher that is the perfect way to put it and you're right there's been so much portal buzz about villanova and can kyle neptune get things going this year and mark armstrong had a lot of buzz this offseason but by far the most important piece is that justin moore is back because we are having a much different conversation there's still a lot of excitement and optimism if moore isn't on this team but it would have just been a bummer It would have been a huge bummer, especially (laughs) if he transferred. But now he has the chance to avenge the injury in the Elite Eight of 2021-2022. That's awesome. And he has the chance to bring the team to that same peak this year. He he's the leader for this team. He's the best player on this team. Uh, he's got the lethal three point shot. He's got the ability to get to the rim. He he brings that steady hand to the point guard position. And what he doesn't get enough credit for is his defensive prowess mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, I can talk up Justin Moore literally for hours, but there's just no need for because I think everyone listening to this understands the importance of him and, and what he brings to this program. And just for him to be healthy from day one and get to go out there at the pavilion and and, you know, hopefully play a full year healthy for him. Uh, is is you can't even quantify the impact that that's going to have on this team uh, and if you're looking for one reason to really believe in this team to be better than what they were a year ago look no further than number five coming back for his final year yeah a full year a full year because look how, how much Villanova improved when they got 70 percent of them for less than half of the season last year yeah it's awesome there's hey. there's a lot to get excited about it this, on this team and we're going to talk about a lot of that throughout the season because it is, as we know, it is a long season. We got a lot to get through, but I, I think we're going to have uh, a lot more ups than we had mm-hmm. from a year ago. There most certainly will be some downs for us to discuss as well. Plenty of storylines and plenty of opportunities for us to discuss that and discuss that with you guys, which we're really pumped to be able to do. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see where we stand after game one because Pat and I try very hard to temper expectations or stay as close to neutral as possible about some things especially early I should say but it's going to be hard for me to not (laughs) maybe jump off the deep end and start proclaiming this team as a top 10 team in the sport I don't know 
you know me i'm not the person to go to if you want sunshine and roses yeah um for <laughs> for things uh but it, as i mentioned earlier there are so many reasons for optimism here um and listen we're gonna see it right away well yes uh the first week schedule is not what you would exactly call gauntlet though don't put anything past anyone after some of the early season struggles from villanova a year ago uh, it heats up very very quickly with maryland uh and then going into atlantis uh before you know kansas state ucla that yeah. that is a heavy non-conference schedule and that is a perfect way to segue to say that is what we'll be talking about on thursday yeah, I love seeing a gauntlet of a non-conference schedule because I think it shows confidence in the team. I think there's a lot of really good opponents. Kansas State's run last year. UCLA obviously is a powerhouse. Hakeem Hart revenge game against Maryland. Yes. That's awesome. Texas Tech has been really good for years. So it's going to be fun. I can't believe we're already here. I'm so excited to get into the nitty gritty of starting starting lineups and projected rotations and bench depth and Wow, we're just, we're back, Pat, we're back. We are back. But, all right, that'll do it for us here on the State of the Nova Nation podcast. Be sure to check out vuhoops.com for all your Villanova content all season long. Currently going through the player previews right now. Always fantastic to read those uh, to help get you more up to speed on all the guys we just discussed. Uh, follow us on Twitter at S-O-N-N-Pod. We will be back at it on Thursday. So good to be talking to everyone. Again, we are absolutely pumped for the season, and we hope you are too. And Nova Nation, that's a wrap.